The Washington Nationals dropped 5-1 to to the Chicago Cubs last night, but there were some positives as Lane Thomas and Dominic Smith, they finally both got on the board, but we're going to start with talking about Mackenzie Gore's start. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On MLB for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price, always guaranteed. And thank you for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day, as we are free and available wherever you get your podcast. And if it's your first time tuning in, I'm the host of the Locked On Podcast, not the Locked On Podcast, the Locked On Nationals podcast again where you get your team every single day for all the everydayers out there we appreciate you turning it tuning in to locked on nationals as last night the chicago cubs got the better part of the nationals beating them five to one in a mckenzie gore start as we always say this is what 2023 is about we want to see two guys josiah gray and mckenzie gore those are the two pitchers that the Nationals fans that we all want to see. Well, we got Mackenzie Gore last night, and let's be honest, we've been spoiled so far through this 2023 season with Mackenzie Gore. He has been very good through his first five starts. Last night in his sixth start, you got to see a little bit of the downside of Mackenzie Gore. And honestly, for the sixth start of the season, his first start in May, that is when Mackenzie Gore kind of blew up. And even then, when looking at the numbers, it wasn't all that bad. And again, it comes back to the same issue as yesterday. Mackenzie Gore just doesn't really have his command right now. He threw 102 pitches yesterday, and only 66 of them were strikes. He was kind of struggling finding the strike zone, which has been an apparent issue throughout this season so far. Again, through only six starts. He only walked two batters, but you saw his pitch count get worked up to 102 pitches only through four innings yesterday. He yielded seven hits as well. Good for four earned runs, only struck out four. And again, Mackenzie Gore, we've talked about it already so much this season, but Mackenzie Gore's numbers are fantastic for someone his age coming off an injury of last year and really just being shut down for half the season. So coming into this season, I didn't really have the highest of expectations for Mackenzie Gore. I didn't think that it was going to click right away. Well, through his first five starts, it certainly did. He had one iffy start in LA or Anaheim, whichever one you want to call it. That was his one eh, outing so far. The other four before last night were really damn good. And that is something that is unequivocally not non-negotiable in my opinion. I think Mackenzie Gore is right where we want him to be. But again, his issue right now is that he is not able to find the strike zone in a consistent base. And when we talk about Mackenzie Gore time and time again, this same issue has popped up. 
Because when looking at his strikeout percentage, again, we use baseball savvin a lot here because it kind of gives you the real story compared to just normal, everyday major league pitchers. And again, Mackenzie Gore still sits in the 81st percentile as far as strikeout rate goes. Now his walk percentage, base on balls, his BB percentage, that is where we're talking where we need to see improvement because right now it sits at a 13.6% compared to an MLB average of an 8.4% so far through 2023. So with Mackenzie Gore, the issue is simple. He has to take command. He has to find the strike zone. And when he does, when he is able to paint the corners, when his curveball is effective, which it seamlessly always is at this point, and when he can find his slider and mix that in as well, that is when you see the best combination for Mackenzie Gore. And again, last night, they just got the better portion of him giving up seven hits, only walking two. But again, the Cubs picked up on something that we just simply don't have. His fastball was getting hit a little bit. The curveball, the slider. You see that it was a little off yesterday. Plus, not even to mention, this Chicago Cubs team is really good. And that lineup that they have is no joke. But when talking about Mackenzie Gore, We're coming back to the same issue as to what it's always been. And in my mind, that is perfectly fine. Some people may be concerned over the fact that he's walking people at a really high rate, which is a non-negotiable at this point. Yeah, he is. But guess what? He's a 24-year-old. And really only in his first year as a full starter in my mind. This is his rookie season. It may not say that on the books, but... When you're only pitching, what, 10 to 12 games just last year? Yeah, I'm going to count this as a rookie season for Mackenzie Gore, the 24-year-old, former top five pick, former top 10 prospect in the bigs. Don't be all anxious about Mackenzie Gore's rough outing. That's one outing out of his six so far this season. I'm fine with where Mackenzie Gore is at. But also Dominic Smith is someone that we have talked about a lot this season. And honestly, a lot of people had some high hopes for him and what he could do, what he couldn't do. Well, Dominic Smith went three for three yesterday. But again, is this enough? Are we banking on Dominic Smith to be a singles hitter? Are we banking on him being just a double here and there? Because at the end of the day, Dominic Smith's value is on the defensive side of things. We know what he can do in playing that solid defensive first base, which in this rebuild is a little important when you have guys like Goran Gray. But then looking at what Dominic Smith did last night, he finally gets on base. He's hitting consistently. He gets his batting average up above 250 for feels like the first time in forever. But at the end of the day, we only score one run. And this is why we talk about when I want to see from Dominic Smith going forward, I need to see some more power. I need to see some more extra base hits and honestly, just more flashiness. Because people talk about all these superstar players like Juan Soto and what makes them great. Well, what makes him great is that he gets on base consistently. And also, 
he's a home run threat for any pitcher in any matchup on any day of the week. Looking at Mike Trout, it's the same thing. Shohei Otani, all these different guys. Another former national, Trey Turner. Talk about him. What makes those guys themselves, the superstars in them? Dominic Smith is not a superstar, which I understand. But if this guy wants to be an everydayer in the big leagues, and if he wants to continue to be that guy, because at this point, getting singles is not going to be helping Dominic Smith moving forward. And his defense, while I think it is very good, that's also not going to carry him to be an everyday first baseman on a good team because he's got the golden opportunity with this squad right now. He's got the intangibles. He's got what it takes to take this first base job and run with it. But at this point through the season, singles and a double here and there, that's not going to be helping him because his first 17 hits of the year were all singles. That didn't really do well for him. His OPS was at one point in the 500s, in the low 600s. That's not what we're asking him to do. That's not what this team needs. This team needs run production. This team needs any way that you can get on base to help these pitchers out. Because we're not fooling anybody. This staff isn't the front of the National League. This isn't the... 2019 Washington National staff, when you have Patrick Corbin going out there with a 3-1 ERA as your three starter, it ain't that. I can tell you that right now. But in this rebuild, the Nationals will continue to need offense, and that is the priority when talking about this Nationals team that we just simply haven't been able to get to so far. But I talked about Lane Thomas a little bit in the cold open. I want to get some facts out there about Lane Thomas just because he hit a solid home run for his first of the year. He didn't hit a single home run all of April. Come May 1st, he hits his first of the year. So could we be seeing a turnaround for the Lane trade? I'm going to get into that. I'm going to tell you what I think about Lane Thomas right now and where he stands within the national starting outfield and staff. But before we do that, I got to tell you guys about my friends over at game time. And here's my thing. If you guys ever gone to a game last minute and you just don't really have the tickets, you don't have anything set for you. Well, game time has you covered because buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. And it is not with game time. The other day I went to the Nationals game last minute decision. I walked down Navy Yard. I got to the, to the Nationals Park and what did I do? Instead of waiting in that long line of the box office, I just got on my phone. I tapped two buttons and I got tickets from my friends at game time. Seriously, it's just that easy. That's why I recommend it to you guys. And of course, game time, you can download the game time app, create an account and use code locked on MLB for $20 off your first purchase terms apply again, create an account and redeem code locked on MLB for $20 off download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, always guaranteed. Also, I want to tell you guys about our new sponsor at so rare and so rare is a revolutionary fantasy baseball game in marketplace, transforming fans into owners with officially licensed digital cards, featuring players from across all 30 MLB teams. And here's, a really cool part about this. Former Washington National superstar Juan Soto and 
Seattle Mariners superstar Julio Rodriguez are also partnered with So Rare, and they are the brand ambassadors for us. So here is my thing with So Rare. It is such a cool experience that you get to put players on your own field, and it's a little similar to just kind of running your own team and seeing how they do. So this is the fun game for you. Head to SoRare.com slash locked on. That's spelled S-O-R-A-R-E dot com to draft your team of free player cards. Set your lineup and start competing today to win epic awards. Again, that's SoRare.com slash MLB to get started. And now we're going to be getting into Lane Thomas as we've talked about the Lane train and what he has and hasn't really done so far in 2023. As I kind of talked about this a lot in the offseason and talking about Lane Thomas and what he can provide. And I've been very honest. I think Lane Thomas is a very good fourth outfielder. And I even think he had a chance this year to solidify himself as someone who could be a prominent piece to this Nationals team. Because when we traded for him, you traded away an old left-handed pitcher with John Lester back at that 2021 deadline. The guy who flicked off and gave the middle finger to Nationals fans, literally on his way out the door, playing against the Chicago Cubs. So, John Lester, you trade him away, you get Lane Thomas. Immediately when I see Lane Thomas... When I think of the prospect, when I think of the former fifth-round pick for the St. Louis Cardinals, I love that trade to begin with. I kind of fell for Lane Thomas, and immediately what he did, he showed us what he can do. Hit for average. He has sneaky power. He's decent in the field. And plus, he can run the bases. I'm not saying this guy is a five-tool talent. That's not what he does. But similar to way, you know how... The old Boston college coach describes Jake Alou, that he's very good at everything. That's kind of the way that I think of Lane Thomas is that maybe not very good in the fielding side of things, as we've seen some blunders in the past this year. But when talking about his hitting ability, when talking about his power at times, when talking about his base running, this guy is pretty good at everything. And those are the kind of players that you want, especially for a fourth outfielder. Some people would want an elite defensive glove. But Michael A. Taylor doesn't just walk around. You don't just get Michael A. Taylor. That takes development and time, and there's a process that goes into that. But with Lane Thomas and what he provides, he's just a little bit of a solid hitter. You talk about the base running abilities. You talk about the fielding. Yes, again, at times, the defense kind of blows, if we're being honest. But when I look at Lane Thomas, and I look at his splits from the past, this is someone who is a not-so-great hitter the first half of the season. And it's really, it's been that way for most of his career. As throughout his career, right now I have the numbers in front of me, he bats 220 with a 288 OBP, a 343 slug and a 631 OPS in the first half of the season. The second half of the season, you may ask, it's a completely different hitter. A 270 average, a 350 OBP with an 825 OPS. 
the biggest jump, in my opinion, is the slugging metrics, which where the first half of the season, he sits at about a 343 slug. And then in the second half, he's at a 475. 343 is a tad below average, a good amount, if we're being honest. But that 475 slugging metric in the second half of the season for Lane Thomas, again, over what, two to three seasons at this point? Yeah, so Lane Thomas, to start the year, has always been a little bit rough. We understand that. If you don't, you get it now because the numbers indicate that. But once the ball starts to, well, once Major League Baseball starts to fool with the balls a little bit, which we know they've done from time to time, or when the summer comes and it starts to heat up a little bit, you start to get that little nice, brisk breeze that goes out in the outfield, Nationals Park coming off the Anacostia and the Potomac River. That's when you start to see a little bit more power from him. And really, when the summer comes, it heats up, the ball's going to fly a little bit more. And as you get acclimated to the weather and also just the season in general, that is when Lane Thomas does his best. And I talked about the keys this offseason about Lane Thomas and what would be the next step for him. How can he take that next step? And I said that it has to be coming off from a fast start because that is something that he hasn't done so far in 2023. Right now, he's got a 263 batting average with a 333 slugging. Again, that's below average for even his terms. The batting average is up there. But we look beyond the batting average here. I look at the slugging, the OPS, the on-base percentage, and all of those metrics indicate that he is in a downward slump right now. So with Lane Thomas, I like to give him the benefit of the doubt because of how good of a hitter that he is when the summer comes around. After that all-star break, that is when you start to see Lane Thomas at his best. I can't describe why. I attempted to with saying the summer and how it gets hotter. Well, yeah, the ball likes to fly when when it's a little hotter out. Maybe that's just simply it. But it also just could be getting acclimated to the Nationals, to the summer here. Because it's cold in the spring. Last night it was cold. So Lane Thomas, you see him tattoo that ball against the Chicago Cubs. And it just kind of reminds you of what this guy can be at times. Because when he's hot, he's hot. And it really comes in that second half of the season. So for all the people who are down on Lane Thomas right now, Don't get down on Lane Thomas. This is the expectation because these are what the numbers say that he is in the first half of the season. Let's wait. Let's see what he does in 162. There's no doubt that he has to be better in the first 81 games. There's no doubt about that. I'm not arguing that. But the numbers say that he is a better hitter in the second half of the season. And at that point, it's non-negotiable whether that's true or not. Because the math, math. And it did with Mackenzie Gore, just like it will for Lane Thomas. So for all the people out there, everyone talking about Lane Thomas and what he hasn't done so far, I'll take a little dose of Aaron Rodgers, you could say. Relax. Lane Thomas is someone who may not be your corner outfielder for the next decade. But I'm not 
bringing out the possibility that he couldn't be your fourth outfielder. Or if this guy just figures out a way to hit in the first half of the season, then we could be playing some ball with Lane Thomas. But of course, tonight we got another game. We got the Chicago Cubs again in town against the Washington Nationals with Trevor Williams on the bump, who is coming off again, probably one of his rougher starts as a national, but he's been solid throughout. I'm going to tell you the keys to a win because I think this is a very winnable game for the Nationals, and it could be winnable for the Cubs. We'll talk about that, but before we do that, I got to tell you guys about our friends at BetterHelp, and this show is sponsored by BetterHelp, and it's so easy to get caught up in what everyone else needs from you and never take a moment to think about what you need for yourself and like thinking about it through the pandemic. It was a tough time. A lot of people were asking you for a lot of different things, and honestly, you were just cooped up in bed like myself it happened to us all we all live through it so therapy can give you the tools to find more balance in your life so that is why i'm telling you guys about my friends over at better help and i wouldn't endorse this if i didn't believe in it obviously better help is not for the everyday kind of guy but better help will help you throughout the toughest stretches possible and that is a key factor in this. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. Trust me, we've done it, and it helps. Visit BetterHelp.com slash MLB to get your 10% off your first month. Find your balance with BetterHelp, and that is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash MLB. Go find BetterHelp. And now we get into previewing tonight's start as we have Hayden Wisniewski starting against Trevor Williams and this Washington Nationals team. And so far, Trevor Wesneski or Hayden Wesneski, honestly, it's a weird name to say. I've heard, I've heard multiple broadcasters call him different names up to this point through the 2023 season. And that is just throwing me off absolutely so damn much. But throw, so far, through five starts, he's gone 22 innings, only 15 strikeouts, and a 1.52 whip with a 5.24 ERA. Trevor Williams going into tonight has one and one with a 4.10. Five starts, 26.1 inning pick innings pitch, and a whopping 1.29 whip for the 31 year old. And here's my thing with Trevor Williams. Again, let me apologize to him. He has been much better than I anticipated, and it's honestly hasn't even really been too close. Trevor Williams is coming off his worst start as a national by far in a way after giving up four earned runs against the New York Mets, nine hits, and only four strikeouts with two walks. Trevor Williams is not a strikeout guy. He's going to be getting his outs through ground outs, fly balls, and lineouts. He is a defensive pitcher. That is the way that I describe him. He's not going to be getting guys on his own the way that Mackenzie Gore does. He's not going to be getting swings and misses the way that Josiah Gray does. He relies on a good defense. Luckily, this Nationals infield is relatively pretty solid, especially considering when there's Dominic Smith, J. Mayor Candelario, C.J. Abrams, and Luis Garcia, the normal foursome out there. But... When you talk about guys who are maybe getting rest days, that's when it could come into effect. 
Obviously, this Nationals lineup hasn't come out for tonight as we are taping early this a.m. But with Trevor Williams, I do believe that if he can start to generate some strikeouts, that is when you will see a a much better product from him. Because seeing Trevor Williams, these fast starts from him have kind of been throughout his career. He's kind of always gotten off to a relatively quick start. And honestly, that's just it could just be because pitching tends to start a little faster than the hitting does in the power. It takes guys a little while. And also, my little tinfoil hat theory that is not really so much tinfoil hat theory anymore is that the MLB starts to juice the baseballs once the summer comes along. Allegedly. I won't say that's what they do because some people say that's what they do. Some people say that they won't. I'm a believer that they 100% juice the balls. As Also, can we talk about what happened in Mexico City the other night? I'm getting off topic, but you hear the point. You get what I'm saying. So Trevor Williams so far has been pretty good. And his average for guys, right now hitters are hitting 275 off him so far. They're getting their hits. But again, he's not allowing the home runs. He's only allowed four so far through this season. And two of those came in start number one, similar to where we talk about with Josiah Gray. So since that first start, he has been relatively very good with keeping the ball in the yard, limiting the extra base hits, and only allowing the singles, the non-damage hits, which is what I call it. So if Trevor Williams can continue on that pace tonight, I think the Washington Nationals will be able to pull out a win. How about it? So thank you for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about Trevor Williams' start, get into the numbers, and obviously look forward and turn the page and talk about tomorrow's game as we have another game on Wednesday and Thursday, a four-game series against the Cubs. Let's tie up the series tonight. Go 1-0 on a Tuesday, May 2nd, 2023. I'll talk to you guys on the flip side. You have a good one, and thank you for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day.